Welcome to the Andrew Young School Podcast, where each month we interview a member of the Andrew Young School community who embodies the school's charge to think ahead and innovate in the fields of criminal justice, economics, public policy and management, social work, and urban studies. In this episode, we'll speak to Dr. Karen Minyard, Director of the Georgia Health Policy Center and a research professor in the Department of Public Management and Policy. Dr. Minyard joined the Georgia Health Policy Center as one of its first five employees in 1996. She was named the CEO in 2001. Her research spans topics including financing and evaluating health-related social policy programs, the strategic alignment of public and private health policy, and public health systems and financing. As the Georgia Health Policy Center celebrates its 25th year, Dr. Minyard is reflecting on the center's growth, impact, and longevity. Dr. Minyard and the Georgia Health Policy Center continue to set their sights towards innovation while remaining unwavering in their mission of integrating research, policy, and programs to advance health and well-being. So I'm here with Karen Minyard, the CEO of the Health Policy Center. Karen, thank you for sitting down with us this morning. Thank you for having me. So Karen, can you tell us a little bit about your role within the organization and how you got started here? I have an interesting start at the Health Policy Center. I'm the currently the CEO, but I was here on the very first day, 25 years ago, when the Health Policy Center started as a doctoral student. I was working on my dissertation, and the founding director of the Health Policy Center said, if I would study the Atlanta market in my dissertation, which was looking at rapidly changing health markets, that he would pay for my dissertation. So I started in that role as a student, and then he had a special project for me that followed, and another project, and another, and I became an employee. And when he left, several years later, uh, the dean asked me to be the uh to lead the Health Policy Center. So he gave me five things to think about in in my work. And one was that he wanted the Health Policy Center to be the place of choice for health policy in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. So the second one was that the Health Policy Center would be nationally prominent. And at that time, we didn't have any national work. So that was a big charge. The other thing was that we would continue to have external funding. At that time, uh, we we had very little external funding. And so our external funding, like our number of staff, has doubled and tripled in, in in the years since I've been the director. He said, manage the center efficiently and prudently. And he said, and what I mean underneath that is I don't want anything about the Health Policy Center or the financing finances of the Health Policy Center to be in the newspaper. I want you to keep I want you to run a clean ship. And that's been an interesting thing that uh, with our business manager, whenever an issue comes up, she and I look at each other and say, um, would we want this to be in the newspaper? And if it even has any sense that there might be a challenge, then we try to think about what is the what is the way that we can be most efficient and most prudent. We're very careful about that. And then the last thing was when the Health Policy Center um, 
when the Andrew Young School was formed, the Health Policy Center was separate and it was brought in as part of the Andrew Young School, but it didn't really have much connection to the faculty or much connection to the scholarly work. Um, and so one of his things was to make the Health Policy Center an integral part of the academic and research mission. And we have worked really hard on on producing scholarly work. We've had a um, mentor and coach on, on how do you take applied work and find the scholarly output from that. And we've become one of the national experts in how to do that. And so these five things that he said to me, I need for you to do in the very beginning are still very relevant. They're probably the same five things that we need to focus on now and in the next 25 years. It's interesting that you bring up that the Health Policy Center is actually older than the Andrew Young School itself and was brought in some time later. How have you found being a part of the school? How has that affected your work? And how do you feel just as this part of the school that maybe, for example, students may not even know about, but obviously the faculty do and the staff do? I really like uh, being part of the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies for multiple reasons. One is that within health and healthcare, there are a lot of different stakeholders. And you could be in public health, or you could be in health care, or you could be in health administration, all different parts of the university. But being in the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies is a kind of a neutral place. And so it is positive for us to be in this neutral space in the university. So I like that. The other thing that has been very positive has been um, being part of the Andrew Young School has created a situation where I and others at the have at the Health Policy Center, have had the opportunity to interact with and learn from Ambassador Young. And that is what I think of as a really important benefit to me in my work. I really, I really cherish every meeting, every moment I have with him because he has such wisdom and such a rich history of experience that he always has some little tidbit, some little nugget that helps me think about uh, how to approach a problem. What's been your most meaningful interaction with the ambassador over the years? So many. But one, I would say, is when uh, Roy Ball was going to recruit me to be the director, he he had a recruitment dinner in which he invited me and my husband. Um, and uh, he seated us with Andy and Carolyn. Uh, and so we had the whole dinner to visit with him, hear his stories from when he was a preacher, his civil rights stories, his work with Martin Luther King, his ambassadorship, uh, how he brought the Olympics to Atlanta. And uh, I think that was very wise because my husband was really wowed by the experience and it made him think I should definitely take the job. 
one of the things that's so interesting about the Health Policy Center is it's the longest running research center in the Andrew Young School. How has it remained so relevant and so sustainable for 25 years? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And it's interesting you asked that. When we were um, doing our 25-year magazine, one of the things we were doing was interviewing the president of the university. And he mentioned in his interview, it's incredible for an organization like this, like a center, to be sustainable. He said, you see these things come and go, and they're here five years or 10 years. But for a center to be in place 25 years is very unusual. And I think it's because we have remained relevant. We have built important relationships at the national, state, and local levels. And we have paid attention to what's going on and continue to grow our expertise in the areas that are needed. What's been the most notable change in the center since that first day when you walked in as a PhD student? Well, um, Mario Andretti says, uh, if you feel like you're in control, you're not going fast enough. And things feel very fast now. I think in the beginning when we were getting started and we were very thoughtful about what was going to be our next project, it didn't feel as... uh, fast as it does now. Now we have more people, we have more projects, there's always something new. Um, I had conference calls up until seven last night with different people across the U.S. There was another call this morning um, at 6 a.m. We had to have it early because it included Australia, Ireland, uh, uh, and us, and that's the only time that is reasonable for everybody to meet. So there's a lot of different fun things that go on all the time. And being that vibrant is very different from our early start of trying to sort through what's going to be most important for us to do. You mentioned that there's a lot of projects ongoing and a lot of people. Roughly how many employees does the center have and how many ongoing projects at the moment? Well, we have 80 projects and we pretty much have 80 projects each year. Some of them are carryover and some of them are new. And we have 86 staff. And I'm keyed into that number because we recently had our employee appreciation. And I was talking to the staff about how last year at this time we had 68 people. And this year at this time, we have 86. And that's almost a 30% growth just in that one year. That's incredible. So when you say that things are moving fast, you mean 30% growth in a year fast. That's truly remarkable for the 25th year of a research center. Right, right. It is. What's been the most exciting opportunity for growth that the Health Policy Center has seen over these last few years? Because it feels like kind of exponential growth in the last two to three years. But what's been most exciting about that for you? Well, I think about different things that are important milestones in our growth. In the very beginning, we were very focused specifically on Georgia and Georgia in the administrative perspective uh, of the government. And we started adding different components um, as we went along. And when we started moving outside Georgia to do national work, 
I think that was a milestone for us, that we begin to be seen and known on the national landscape. And that that happened pretty early. Um, I think it was in the first year I was the the director. Uh, We started working with the Federal Office of Rural Health Policy and have worked in uh, probably 1,200 different communities across the United States and the territories. So I think that was a milestone. Another milestone was um, one year when we were doing our strategic planning, we thought, you know, here we are right in Atlanta, and here's the CDC, and we haven't really worked with the CDC. And so we made it a goal, a part of our strategy for that year, to make some CDC connections. And that blossomed into what is now a robust relationship with multiple areas of CDC. And it's really exciting that we have that opportunity, but that visibility has led to other things. So I think getting into the national landscape is one of the big things. Now, it remains to be seen what's going to happen because in the last two years, we have decided to do some work globally. And we have some work in uh, Nigeria, Sudan, Ireland, and Jamaica. So I wonder if uh, what happened to us when we grew nationally is going to be similar to what happens to us when we start growing globally. That's an incredibly exciting new change and new development. It seems like the center just keeps expanding and growing, but yet there's such a collegial atmosphere, such a wonderful sense of teamwork every time you come up here to the eighth floor. How do you maintain that with 86 and growing staff members? um, You're hitting on a point that is... uh, somewhat of a challenge that we have really faced. Um, It's not just this one last year of growing, but we've been here in this place, um, in this location for four years. And when we first started planning to move here, we had 35 people. And um, the folks in the dean's office asked us to project, where do you think you will be in five years? And we did some little calculation. And we said, well, we, we think we'll grow a certain percent per year. And in five years, we'll be at 45. Because we hadn't really, up until then, experienced that much growth. So this was a few months before we moved in. But by the time we moved in, we already had 45. And now we've almost doubled from that. So that um, that growth requires some things be different. It requires more administrative infrastructure, administrative support. It requires that there are more, you know, when you're small, you can just do a word of a mouth. Here's our new policy. But when you get this big, you have to actually make sure everybody's comfortable. You have to write it down. You have to share it in multiple ways. We've learned it through our communications that we can't just put it in our internal newsletter or announce it at our staff meeting. It needs multimodal communication. So the director's note, an email, the, the, um, the, the newsletter and the staff meeting, maybe we might get something to everyone. So we're having to work really hard. It's almost like I think about this. It's a little bit like when you repot a plant. 
Like we have outgrown our pot, our our infrastructure, and over the last few years, we've had to build more additional infrastructure. Like just just imagine hiring that many people, like all the people you have to interview, how you select, who calls them, all the details related to that. We have to have the infrastructure to support. And these are good problems to have. You know, we don't want this to seem like, you know, woe is Karen or woe is the health no, policy no, center. No, no, we're, we're up for it. We're game. But it, it requires a lot of thought. It's very exciting. And I think seeing the research output that these new folks are generating really speaks to how justified this is and how important it is that you continue to grow. What are the things that you view as the most important research areas or public health challenges that the Health Policy Center is working to address now in its 25th year and beyond? I I guess one thing I'll say is that generally we think of a lot about how do you approach an issue? How do you use a systems approach? How do you use realist uh, evaluation? How do you successfully look at an issue. Um, so we, because we have those tools and skills, we're ready for any new thing that comes up that, that needs to be addressed. But we have identified a couple of areas that we're really focused on. And one is related to substance use. And the, the door right now to substance use and doing that work is the opioid epidemic. And so we have focused on that as an area and have begun to do serious work. But we we don't want to just focus only on opioids. We want to look at the broader issue of substance use and mental health and substance use combined. But that's that's a big area. Another area for us is around maternal child health. And it's a, a, a very sad statistic that too many women are dying in the, during the time around their pregnancy. And Georgia has one of the worst statistics, although it's a national problem. And so this is something that our legislators are concerned about. And when we did our legislative education, it was one of the topics. And we began to work with the legislators to to make a systems map to look at this issue, like what's causing it? Why is it here? What are the key levers? Where do they have an opportunity to make a difference? And we are going to be working with them over the next few months to do a computerized model that helps legislators think about, and others, think about what policy might make the most difference as it relates to this problem. I'll say something else about this particular issue. I realized in um, my conversations with the legislators and in our session um, that I, I felt particularly concerned about this issue more than I would, uh, you know, like we got, we have a lot of policy issues, but this one was uh, having a personal impact on me. And I couldn't, why I was going to, why is this, why do I feel this way about this particular policy? And I realized that um, 
in our history as a health policy center, uh, we had an employee who was a physician who was pregnant and uh, suffered from um, from tuberculosis meningitis, and she lost her pregnancies and her life. And we have a memorial in the front of our office that's a fountain to remember her. She was just an extraordinary employee. But I realized in working with those legislators that the reason I cared as much about this topic is that there's a personal note to it within the Health Policy Center. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I feel that these health issues touch all of us to varying degrees. And with the breadth of issues that the Health Policy Center is working on, almost every employee here must have at least one of the projects that has touched their life personally. Do you find that that's the motivating force behind the work that you do, that folks are trying to solve the problems that they see in their lives or the lives of their loved ones? I never have um, analyzed that. When I think about why do we do what we do, I think about this phrase, evidence for excellence, that we're trying to build credible evidence in a lot of different ways to help those who are making decisions be excellent. The administrative government, the legislative government, the leaders of a foundation, anybody that we're working with, we're seeking to help them be excellent in their work. And so to me, that's the biggest motivator. But I know um, some people have raised their hand when we had certain projects and said, I want to work on that project because my family has suffered from this or my uncle had this or um, I had a best friend who suffered from this particular issue. And so I think probably that is an underlying motivation for people to raise their hand and say they want to work on a particular project. It seems that while there is this personal motivation, a lot of your work is done at this higher systemic level, looking at processes and looking at kind of large scale factors that contribute to health issues. How does that play out in the research? Well, we are very adamant, and this is part, when we go back to earlier question of why we're still here, we are very adamant about advocating for a way to approach problems and not advocating for a specific solution, particularly a a solution that might be polarizing. So all all of our work is uh, looking at give us the best information. How can we communicate the best information? How can we help people understand and interact with it? But not that we're going to say, and you should do such and such. And so I think that, um, I guess if you were a person going back to your other question where you had a certain opinion about how something should be done, you can't bring that in to your work. In in this work, you you have to think about the issue and the information and how to work with the people who are making the decision. And you 
you, you, it's not your choice to decide what the answer is all the time. And that takes a high degree of discipline, which I'm sure has contributed to the sustainability of the organization. It is a high degree of personal discipline for me and probably translated to other people too. So you've mentioned that the center has grown dramatically from 30, 40 people up to 86 as of this recording and possibly growing even more. How do you manage all of the ongoing work? Do you have a team built up around you that assists with that? How do you keep the wheels turning around here? There came a point about five years ago when the workload exceeded my capacity, the executive workload. I, I was really not able to do everything that I thought I needed to do. And when I talked with the managers about that, we went through a very thoughtful process of looking at other centers and thinking about how things are structured at other centers that are larger than we had been. And after all of that, we came up with a new organizational structure that included an executive team. And the executive team has two administrative people, that one that focuses on communications and one that focuses on all of our administrative infrastructure. And it has four programmatic directors. And those programmatic directors, Angie Snyder, Andy Girolamo, Chris Parker and Glenn Landers are all uh, like Chris is a physician. The others are doctorally prepared. They all have taken on a portfolio of work and it has made it so that we have more capacity to do more. So I can feel a little bit more comfortable about saying yes to something because I know I have a whole team backing me up and that they are really good. Plus, they now are building their own book of work. So I think uh, a part of our growth could be attributed to us putting that executive team in place. And you mentioned that many of them either have medical experience or are doctorally prepared. How important do you think that is to their approach to the work? I have colleagues that are in other centers like us, and they say that they don't like to have PhDs because PhDs have a certain way of thinking, they're academic, they might not be able to relate to uh, people in the field. And so I don't want to say it's not good to have a PhD, and I don't want to say everybody has to have a PhD. But in this case, they have skills and knowledge that they wouldn't have if they hadn't gone through the rigor of that education. And it prepares them to be nimble on their feet in various different different situations that they might not be able to do if they hadn't had that advanced education. And they know how to relate to the people that we work with, the legislators, the people in communities, the people in foundations, they are uniquely able to have excellent relationships. So they have the, the best of all worlds in that they have both the education and they have the uh, emotional intelligence to be able to do the work. And I think in you probably for that position in this organization, you need both. So as we look towards 
the 25th year and beyond, what are your goals for the Health Policy Center? Where would you hope to see the center in five or 25 years? Well, one of the things that I think a lot about are issues of sustainability. And so I, all the things that we need to do to support the infrastructure and the operation of the Health Policy Center as we grow and to be resilient in that way is one of the things that I think a lot about and one of the things that I think is an important underpinning. Another thing is that we have always had a very relationship-based approach. And it's a big part of our success because most of the contracts that we get, the 80 contracts that we get, are either someone invited us or someone uh, recommended us. Or somebody said, will you do some more work? So um, the relationship based aspect of our work is very important and tied to our sustainability. So I would continue to build our capacity to do that. And then I think that having the good tools, keeping our tools up to date and be and being relevant. Like we're always thinking what's going on, what are the issues, what are the likely issues to come up? How do we need to build ourselves um in expertise to be able to to work in these issues? Who do we need to partner with in a new issue that maybe we haven't worked on before? So I think all of that will continue. Well, Karen, thanks so much for taking some time out of what I'm sure is a very busy day to talk to us. And we look forward to seeing where the Health Policy Center goes in the next 25 years. Thank you. It was, it was fun to reflect with you. For more information about Dr. Karen Minyard and the Georgia Health Policy Center, visit ghpc.gsu.edu. The Andrew Young School podcast is produced by Taylor Olmsted with production assistance from Jennifer Giratano. This episode was edited by Carlisa Johnson. Our executive producer is Ivani Raval. We are a production of Georgia State University's Andrew Young School of Policy Studies, located in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. To learn more about the Andrew Young School, visit us online at aysps.gsu.edu or follow us on social media at aysps.gsu. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a review for us in your podcast app of choice. And we'll be back next month interviewing another policy thought leader from the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies at Georgia State University.